Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, your groove mistress, and your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. But you don't have to call me Madam. You can call me Jan, Jennifer, Perry, JP. I'm just glad to be here and glad you are too. I want to thank all the cool guests that we've had, like all of my guests. I'm so lucky um, to have so many um so many wonderful people agree to be on this show and so many wonderful listeners out there that let me know what you like and uh, the guests that you enjoy and people you want to have on and you subscribe. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, uh, also on Spotify, they say that while you're listening, you can leave a review. I haven't tried it yet because I listen to Spotify in my car, so it would be a little dangerous. Um, and my car won't let me type on there anyway when, it's, when the engine is running. So, um, so yeah, let me know if you leave a message or something or I'll check it. And, um, oh, yes, you know, if, um, recently, uh, well, maybe a couple of months ago, I had Brandy Stillwell on. Now, some people may know her uh, as a writer. She was with the Groundlings uh, uh, Improv Comedy Troupe. While she was doing that, she was working for DC Comics, working on the Snagglepuck, excuse me, Snagglepuss comic. She was one of the writers. And she created a, a character in her stand-up called that um, was a Sasquatch detective. And it got so popular with the people that came to see the show that DC Comics went ahead and gave her the green light to have a her own comic book specifically with her character on it. So she, now she has um, now she has a book that came out this year called None of this is going according to plan. And there's a lot of memoir stories that are just riotously funny about growing up in the Midwest, then going to film school in New York, and then starting her career in showbiz in Los Angeles. And some of these stories, uh, if you like David Sedaris, uh, you will love these stories. They are hilarious. So uh, none of this is going according to plan. Brandy Stilwell, check it out. And let's see, what else have we got going on? Um, You know what? I put out all the information on social media about who's been here and who's coming up soon. So just keep checking. And if you have suggestions, let me know. But tonight, somebody that's been here a couple of times, my guest tonight is, I I feel like uh, we haven't met in person yet, but I feel like like she's just a a best friend that I grew up with. Um, She is a writer. She's an author of books. She's a playwright. She writes fiction. She writes uh, nonfiction. She creates, casts, and produces radio plays. I love that. And uh, she has a background as a professional actor. And she's got so much going on. And she also has a very, very popular podcast with some amazing guests. So I'm just going to bring her right here. If you don't know her, you should. But this is my friend, 
the very talented Sherry Rabinowitz. Sherry, welcome back to the Genie Bottle. Hi, Ken. Oh, it's Hi. nice of you to invite me back. Sweetie, I am delighted to have you back. We always have fun in here. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so you've got so many new things going on, and I know it looks like we have time to talk about it, but I feel like, I think I might have told you, whenever I talk to you, it's like it just goes by too fast. Um <laughs> Just way too fast. So let's go ahead and, um, gosh, I don't know where to start. Um, you've got so many things happening. You've got, um, I want to talk about your podcast because it is extremely popular and it is a good quality uh, interview show. And you have you have some of the best guests. I'm always amazed. And you've got me to start watching and enjoying people um, in shows that I never would have except for your show. So that's that's a powerful thing. So let's see. We've got your books, your plays, uh, your podcast. Why don't we start with your books? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Um, how many books um, have you written? I've written five. I'm actually going to be redoing one. Well, I am in the midst of redoing one. Um, My first book was called Murder, Inc. Uh And um, I'm making a new edition, but it's going to be completely different. It's going to be restructured, rewritten. Um, In the midst, it's very painful. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) I I can't even imagine. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I, I did it. Florida on Fantasy Time Inc. when I did the second edition, but I didn't re I restructured, but I didn't rewrite. This time mm-hmm. I'm rewriting, and it's so much harder. <laughs> mm. I, I do not have rewriting talent. from in, instead of writing the original story, rewriting what you already uh-huh. wrote. It's just oh. it's different. Well, you know, like I said, I am not a fiction writer. I do not have that talent. So it just amazes me anyway, um, people, you know, good writers like you. And then when you go back in and, and restructure or rewrite something, because I always hear a phrase that writers say about or, or editors say, oh, you have to kill your darlings. You know, so don't, don't hang on to certain uh, characters or situations or phrasings because you're so fond of them. You might have to let things go. I can't imagine so, how you do that it's hard especially if it's something you're really fond of it's mm-hmm. like you you you, you 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 come up with something that you really like but then you get to the point where you're 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 getting ready getting closer and as you're working on the structure you're just like it's not working. I'm going to have to, either you're going to have to say goodbye forever, you're going to have to put in another book, or you're going to have to just, you don't know what's going to happen. It's just, it's like putting a little uh, knife into you. Oh, <laughs> into oh, ow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, writing so, when you're writing a novel, it's so personal. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not you, it comes from your heart, and it's just, no matter what you're writing, if it's a novel, even when you're writing somebody who's a bad guy, mm-hmm. you you it's somebody that you 
on some level you you relate you're not a bad person but you just relate on it's an exaggerated version of when you get pissed mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean most people don't go as far as the bad guys in novels uh-huh but you feel that way you you get hurt at work you get hurt in love you get hurt in family get hurt all kinds of different ways and so they just take it way 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 too far (laughs) (laughs) okay let's see do do you have um I know I can't get you to give away any secrets, and I wouldn't want you to because you've also got a lot of fans that are very, very successful uh, and respected writers. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, well, I have a lot. there's a lot of really good people out there. I mean, that's why I started my show, was for other writers. Well, it it works. And so do you have, uh, you know, people always say they have, uh, ask writers, you know, do you have a... Um, do you have a formula? Do you have a, maybe a, a, a certain ritual that you do when you write? Do you have certain things that have to be in place, maybe um, the time of day or where you write? Well, not where I write, but uh, I do feel I write my best in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my morning, when I get up, whenever mm-hmm. I get up. Um, <laughs> may not be your morning, but my morning. <laughs> um, but, um, and also, um, I like privacy. I like it quiet. I don't have music going on when I'm doing the creative writing part. When I'm mm-hmm. rewriting or editing and stuff like that, that's, I, don't, I can have some music. But when I'm actually writing, I, I need it quiet. Mm-hmm. So that's me. No music. Not when I'm doing the uh, when I'm editing and stuff like that. Yes, I have. I usually have classical music on when, or jazz. Those are two I usually have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when I'm when I'm doing my initial writing, no, because I'm you 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 the words are. I mean, some people like music because they, that's how they get their rhythm. I, I don't do that. I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I I just don't. <laughs> I I can't ever see me having that skill. But yeah, I'm. I hear different people have their own different formula and what works or doesn't work for them, and I just find it amazing. Um. And so when did you first start writing? I know that you, you've been a performer. You've been in show business uh, for a lot of your life, even as a child. But when did you start um, writing? When I started writing, well, the first story I ever wrote was, I think it was like I was about seven or eight years old. And it was a mistake. Well, it wasn't a mistake. It was like, you know how a teacher will put, like, a sentence or something on a blackboard and tell you to write a paragraph from it? Mm-hmm. Well, I got, a little, I got a little carried away. I wrote seven or eight pages. <laughs> I, 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 I stopped writing. 
<laughs> so because you, you just have uh you just have more imagination than the teacher expected. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I've actually had one um I wrote a Greek myth at that age. My that teacher really liked it. I had, she was very encouraging. Um, but I have had teachers that said, Well, that's not the assignment and I'm like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I prefer the encouraging. Um, you know, I if you, if someone is is so inspired by whatever your assignment is that they actually write a short story, especially with a child, mm-hmm. you should encourage. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, I would say nobody, no child should be discouraged from from writing yeah. or creating or whatever I think is in their soul to do. There's a reason why we're made these ways uh, or given That's certain true. things that we're to do. And I, it is my personal belief, and this is just from uh, observation, I guess, is that I think that when people um, are not allowed to do things like that or – when they prevent themselves or do not permit themselves to do these, you know, create, I, I think a little bit of your soul starts to wither. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You, you shrink. You, you move back. Um, I've had teachers that. It's funny because some of my writing was by teachers that weren't like English teachers. It was um, history teachers. Uh, (laughs) That sounds really strange, but I had a a really great history teacher in junior high school. Some people were scared of him. He had a forthright manner, shall we say. But actually, he was an old (laughs) softy. And he liked me. And he liked my brother, too, when he came through. He had the same history teacher. Oh, um, okay. He, yeah, he was, uh, he, this was a really good guy. And, see, I love the, I am not much for dates and stuff. You know, uh, this mm-hmm. happened in 1527, mm-hmm. and there was 250,000 troops, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't, but, but. Who they who they were, why they were there, uh, the characterization of the the people, the the adversaries and the protagonists and all that stuff that just fires up my imagination. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's one of the weird things about me. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds. But that sounds exciting. At least you know, because people always want to know where does the spark come from? What 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 generates an idea? Or uh, hey, what if this happened? You know, and and then this happened. You know, that's what we want to know. We want to know how your mind. You know, you writers. We want to know how your mind works and what gives you the inspiration to create these things that we love, books, so and stories and characters. Um, yes, yeah, uh, curious. Now you also um, you you. Doing a rewrite, restructure of Murder Inc. And I understand that you you're beginning your first series. Uh, this yep. a, a young adult sci-fi. 
uh, oh, uh, broke down and I'm doing a series. I everybody's always asked me for that, and this is this this time. It, I want to. It's it'll be like a a short series. Be like a three part series, but um, but I want to. It, I the story warrants it, and it's a real positive story. I mean, there's it's this scary part, science fiction, so there's some scary parts and stuff like that. But it's it's a hopeful science fiction, like golden age science fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. So it oh, kind of yeah. warns that. Well, and um, it's called uh, Sandra and the Children of the Light. And it was inspired by a true story not that there was no aliens and none of that stuff in in the true story but I was it's about a girl who's a new girl in town who's all alone and um kind of scared to meet people because she feels different and so she kind of runs away to the there's a creek that was near her house, and she runs away to the creek area, and she meets someone, a special, different kind of person, and that's all I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> oh, girl! <laughs> oh, but it becomes right. an entire saga, three parts. So that's not bad. <laughs> okay, and and so uh, now now that you've baited us, and you got us on the hook. When can we expect to see this? It will most likely be either at the end of the year or in January. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It's got some work to do still. It seems like a long time to wait, but folks, you know. It isn't really. (laughs) Time goes by. Time goes by, and. And Sherry's got plenty of other entertainment to keep us uh, to keep us sated until that's there. For example, talking about well, your um, place, Sherry's Playhouse. Oh yeah, Sherry's Playhouse is starting. Is starting, and um, the first play is a second part of the last play of last season from Mary D. Brooks. And it's called The Light That Shines in the Darkness. And it's very dramatic. And there's parts that are extraordinarily heartbreaking. And it's some parts that are touching and beautiful and will make you cry. This, this is going to be a, a tearjerker. You're going to need several hankies. Oh, okay. Wow. And so now, with Sherry's Playhouse, how often do you do plays and do, I mean, uh, this is one by, you said Mary D., I forget her last name. Mary D. Brooks. Brooks, okay. Um, and and you write some plays as well. So how do you determine what you're going to have at which time? How do you schedule those out? Well, it's who's finished with the play. <laughs> <laughs> uh that goes first. Um Mary Mary won the contest this time. Um oh, cool. no, it's it's not a contest, it's just she oh. finished first. Um we should have four or five plays. I mine I think it's gonna be the next one. 
um, it's it's um, mine is going to be sort of a fantasy drama. That's the best I can do without mm-hmm. giving anything away. All right. Okay. And how do you cast? Because you have a magnificent group. The actors are always good. How do you cast your plays? Well, uh, we're always looking for actors. Um, it's a different kind of technique to do radio drama because it's all in your voice. You can be any age that you are at and play all different range of ages and characters. Uh, for instance, um, I am not the femme fatale type, but I've played one <laughs> in one of the radio plays. You, 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 um, I have older people playing younger people, younger people playing older people, because it's all in the voice. Um, all kinds of accents. It's it's really interesting, and it's a um, it's a technique that uh, you have to be able to. That's it's one of the things I do is I rehearse a lot because I want to make sure that even though yes we are reading a play, um, you're not memorizing lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. It should come out smoothly, and you should be completely in character. Mm-hmm. But your question is, how do I cast? It's based on several things. Who's available? That's really big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of important. Who's available yeah. to ask? Um, what the parts are, and um, everybody who comes to do Sherry's Playhouse auditions, even if I know them. Um, it doesn't matter. Every single person auditions. Um, usually that's a small MP3 of a reading from a play. Um, it's just so we know how your voice sounds and, and how you project it and you know whether you can do it. Um, it's not that easy. Not everybody can. Um, and it's all based also on the characters, you know. Um, if you're if if it sounds right and it sounds like it's working, that's what they. And also, the uh, playwright has a, a say in this. The playwright and the director. It's not just me. Um, so. The playwright's vision, it's not totally auteur because some playwrights do not want to direct, don't want to put their finger near that. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they have a view of what the characters are. So uh, I, I completely include them. Also, I've been teaching some people, some of the actors, how to direct. <laughs> and some wow. of the actors are writing, too. Oh, writing, no. the, doing some playwriting. So it's 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 really blossoming in all different directions. That's the fun part. Oh, cool. Oh my goodness, yeah. You're sharing it. You know, you and I um, share a love of old movies 
and uh, mm-hmm. plays. And I listen to um, a lot of old radio theater. Mm-hmm. And I was listening on Sirius XM, but that's not really for radio classics. And uh, that's not working in my car right now. So, But I could listen to the Whistler and things like that on Spotify. And, yeah, then it, it occurs to me what, what you just said about you can play. You don't, um, as a voice, <clears throat> excuse me, doing the voice, you can be uh, any age. Anything. You can you can stretch out a lot more. Like, didn't uh, Fanny Bryce play Baby Snooks? Mm-hmm. Girl character and stuff, and uh, which I didn't know for a long time. I found that out. I thought, but she sounds like just a little kid. Uh, so, and the guy who plays the shadow is this really super freak hero with a deep voice, and <laughs> what the shadow does. Well, apparently, he didn't look anything like that character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. Oh God! Yeah, oh. and that's yeah. just uh, one of the fun things about theater. But yeah, I love old. I like to watch, listen to like um, the old Jack Benny radio. I used to watch when I was a kid. They used to have the Jack Benny TV series, and I used to watch mm-hmm. that, and I used to love it. But um, I also have listened to the Jack. Benny Radio, which a lot of his television shows based on his radio show and his vaudeville act. Um, and I love I love to listen to. I mean, your money or your life, and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Timing and everything, mm-hmm. and you can't see him. You're just sitting there <laughs> waiting for it because you know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, we li- my husband and I listen to those too. We love the Jack Benny show, and two, I guess now you know with and and with the radio play, you don't have to. You, you can't just rely on props and scenery. You've got to uh, create the vi- uh, the visual for the listeners, and uh, I, I, that, that's that's a magnificent talent. Yeah, the narrator. People don't understand. The narrator is not just the narrator. It's not like our town where the narrator is the old man who's telling the story. The narrator is the person that gives the audience the clue. And I've had some, we've had some really creative people on how they bring the, the narration into the play. Different, uh, sometimes it's the, the narrator is the lead. There's all different kinds of things. It, the narrator is the person who tells the the people what is going on, but there's a lot of different creative ways for them to do that. They don't have to. It doesn't have to be a straight-on narration, and I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a, a gift and a talent, and it enjoys it. And, and I, like I said, I love to listen to it. Uh, when I'm driving or something, listening to the the yeah. shows, um, I don't care what it is. Well, I do care, but yeah, some better than others. <laughs> but yeah, some that I like better. You know, I love the things uh, like uh, Escape or uh, X minus one, the sci-fi things. Um, but yeah, the Whistler. I, I am the Whistler, and I know many things. For I walk by night. <laughs> I just, and even on the radio. I actually heard a radio play of the day the earth stood still, the oh. day the earth stood still recently. Wow. Whoa, that was good. 
It was yeah. from it was it was actually an English radio uh, group, and it was re- and because I was used to you know other than Michael Rennie, almost everybody in that uh, movie was American. Um, so I, it, it's cool to have you know from a different perspective, um, but it's the same kind of story. It's just in a different setting. They they put it in uh, London instead of Washington D.C. Mm. But it was it's such a cool it was such a cool play, um, radio play. It just the tension of it was, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're almost biting your fingernails off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to have superb acting skills and and a superb director to make people listen to that and freak out because as mm-hmm. they did the first time people heard it on radio and think it was really happening. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was Orson Welles and um, War of yeah. the Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what. Not the Orson Welles. And it's, it's funny World. because yeah, it was War of the Worlds, and he actually did tell people during the commercial breaks, you know, this is a reenactment of the H.G. Wells novel War of the Worlds, blah blah blah, and they still thought it was real. <laughs> well, listen. I am going to take just a really short little break here and uh, to get some more tea and be back in about two minutes with more Sherry Rabinowitz and all the things she says. You know, I've, I always feel like every time we do a show, we, we should have a part two because I've still got more stuff. To, so <laughs> I've still got more things to ask you. But for right now, um, I got a couple of messages, and we'll be back in about two minutes. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic. I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. All right. This is Jennifer Perry, your host here at Madam Perry Salon back with my friend, the superbly talented and absolutely delightful Sherry Rabinowitz. Sherry, let's talk about 
your long-running and very popular podcast, Chatting with Happily. Yeah. I had my, my, my other baby. Your other baby, yes. The way I think I first came, uh, got to know about you. Um, this has been—I don't know where to start. You, you have such a uh, standard of quality to your podcast, and because you've been so kind uh, to be a friend to me, and I get to listen to you a lot, I learn so much from you. But you—I don't know. You also give out an award, uh, the Chatty Award. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, well, the Chatty is basically, um, it's basically based on statistics. The person who gets the most downloads wins the Chatty. That easy. Um, well, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. I it's, not, it's, it's more simple than easy. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, uh, and we've had last year we had ties. We had, we've had several ties, and um, also the um, the award was a certificate. Now it's this really cool uh, picture of an award with like a plaque w- with your name on it. Oh, it's been I totally have, redesigned. I have seen the new one. It is stunning. It looks. Very world class, gorgeous. And Mary uh, D. Brooks actually created that. Oh she no, kidding! That. Yeah. Well done. She's like going around. And she goes, "Hey, how's this?" And she didn't even tell me <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I went, oh wow, that is gorgeous. <laughs> Very nice. See, that's the thing. You too. You surround yourself with uh, talented people, and you inspire them as well. I think that's excellent. Uh, so now, last year, you usually have just what one per year, one award given. It depends on statistics, but yeah, it's usually one person will win. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but last year it was a tie. Um, it was, um, it was the play, the radio play, actually the first one, uh, I think it's called Beyond the Gates. It was the first one of this one with Mm Stella and Tessa. And, uh, the other person is, um, the creator of, um, some of the costumes for Miss Fisher Murder Mysteries. Uh And she came on for the first time, and people just were just crazy about her. And um, her name's Marion Boyce. And she, you know, she also did, um, I, think it's, I think it's called The Dresser, The Dressmaker, something like that. It's an Australian movie. She did that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, very creative lady. So um, th- those were the co-winners last year. Now, before we go further on that, for the few people, and I occasionally find people, I don't know what the deal is, that have never heard of Miss Fisher, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, um, it was just tell my listeners what that is and what it's all about and why this designer is 
Oh, I, she's so, so beloved by fans of Miss Fisher. Well, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries is based on a series of novels by Carrie Greenwood. And it is um, about a detective in the 1920s who's a woman. She's completely independent. She's wealthy. She's beautiful. She has a gold gun. Uh, she wears these incredibly fabulous clothes. She has a on-again, off-again relationship with the detectives, um, uh, Jack, and it, it's, uh, it's, a fun, it's a fun mystery series. And Marion does all the clothes for the TV series, the Miss um, Fisher Murder Mystery TV series. And um, just they're gorgeous, the clothes. And, and she had to be really creative when she did it. Like uh, the silk, like they did in the 1920s, don't, aren't as full, don't have as many folds. So she actually used uh, material from kimonos for some oh. of her clothes because that has that fullness. Uh, the silky fullness mm-hmm. that they would have back in the 20s. Oh, okay. So it's really, it, um, and she she's also a collector, and she puts, uh, like, um, an uh, Art Deco um, brooch became a belt uh, for one of the outfits and stuff like that, and, like, buttons and stuff. Just it's she's very creative. Oh, how clever! Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, now, and it's, it's it's gorgeous. The clothes, the cinematography, um, of course, the writing's delicious. It's just it's a really fun series. But you have to like murder mysteries. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But you now you've had um, several of the actors from that sh- from Miss um, Fisher's Murder Mysteries on uh, chatting with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a yeah. scoop. Yeah, actually, I do have somebody that's coming back, and I'm really excited. Um, Anthony J. Sharp, who played Seth, he mm-hmm. is he's going to be coming back to uh, Miss, Miss Fisher. He's coming back to um, Chatting with Sherry. He's got a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, character roles that he's playing, and, um, and one is called The Black, I think something The Abyss, it's about uh, trying uh, a cave and, and trying to save people from something in a cave that's underwater. And then uh-huh. another one is um, Joe versus Carol. That's for us here in the U.S. Um, it's on Peacock, so we, we can see it. And it's about um, it's a comedy and. Anybody who's seen uh, Anthony on Miss Fisher will not recognize him because he's completely unrecognizable. In that oh. he's, he, his, his stuff that he's doing right now is very character-driven, and he's going to talk about that in the interview. So really got to listen because he, he, there's a whole slew of stuff that he's doing. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be looking forward to that. And, uh, I mean uh, – Tell us some more. Tell us some of the some of the guests you've had. Tell us some of the people you got coming up. Let people know what they're going to miss if they don't start listening. Okay. Um, 
one of the I had two people that came on to talk about a um, a movie. They're young filmmakers, and it's a romantic comedy. It's called Switch That Love, and mm. the film starred Danny Arroyo and the director writer Jamel McWhorter. They came on my show to chat about it. It's it's we, this is um, about about a month ago. But it's a really good movie, and the interview is great. We had such a good time talking about it. And basically, Switch That Love is about two couples that their friends are trying to get them to, because they're not, the couples aren't working out. But if they switch their partners, they may work out, and that's what it's about. <laughs> it's switching the partners, being forced to switch by your friends. <laughs> That's a twist. It's 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 been it's really sweet and funny and insane. <laughs> <laughs> and well, yes, I've seen the movie and it's really cute. Now you do have a lot of writers, actors, creative people, uh, costume designers on your on your show, chatting with Sherry that you talk with, and. You also have, uh, and, and I've got to I've got to check on this again because it sounds like more like you're talking about an episode of Miss Fisher or an old show, but it's uh, or someplace where I would find uh, Hercule Poirot. But you were talking to the um, Egyptologist, vintage Egyptologist, Dr. Colleen Darnell. Yeah, um, actually, it's real. She's really an Egyptologist, and uh, her husband's also an Egyptologist. And um, she is, uh, if you watch, if you're a nut for archaeology like I am, and you watch all the talking heads um, that come on talking about King Tut or uh, Nefertiti or Cleopatra or any of the Egyptians that they're talking about, uh, Colleen usually pops up, and you would recognize her because she has a 1920s type haircut. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. And she, and she actually, the reason she's called a vintage Egyptologist is because she uses, uh, wears a lot of 1920s clothes and 1930s clothes. Uh, oh. she, she, and they're gorgeous. I mean, she's, she actually uh, collects vintage. And the reason she came on this year, this is the centennial of the discovery of King Tut. It was in November of 1922, Howard Carter found the tomb of King Tut. So this year is 100 years in oh November that they discovered King Tut. And that's one of the reasons she came on. And the other reason is about King Tut's mommy and daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Akinenon and Nefertiti, um, they have, uh, her and her husband wrote a book called Egypt's Golden Couple when Akinenon, Akinen, sorry, Pauline, Akinen, Akinenon, I usually can say it. For some reason, I can't say it right now. And Nefertiti, they are married together. He, he, they're very controversial. 
anyway, it's called Akinamon and Nefertiti Were Gods on Earth. It's by Colleen Darnell and her husband, John Coleman Darnell. And um, it's really interesting because what they're trying to do is explain uh, about these two controversial people, this power couple, but in a way that they themselves will recognize themselves. Because if you look at, uh, just go to YouTube and you put them into YouTube, there's 25 different ways these people are described. They're, they're heretics. They're, they're greedy and horrible. They're wonderful and enlightened. Uh, he is the first person who believes in one God, but he only believes in one God to make money for himself. I mean, it's insane. And, and it's just, you know, you're, it's like everybody has an opinion on them. And so they took all of this and put it together with real archaeological evidence and created a book which she said that her and her husband hope uh, they will recognize themselves in the book. <laughs> wow. All right. I am, and, and right now I'm, I'm looking at her Instagram page. Oh, my gosh. You were not kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she is amazing. She is immersed in the life of a 20s, 30s Egyptologist and, and, and all that that implies. She and her I, husband hosted a um, trip down the Nile on a steamer like Agatha Christie took in um, that, that was the, um, the inspiration for Death on the Nile. And, and uh, she was dressed in those clothes in the um, 1920s clothes while she was there. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Oh, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's a great way to teach, too. <laughs> and I, Oh, heck, yeah. Well, be, see, that's something you and I would dream of. That would just be our ultimate vacation, you know, just to be totally um, in, the, in the gear, the clothing, to take that trip. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know. I like this picture where they've got, she's got on this green dress and a green hat with a feather, like an ostrich feather. And he's in his, um, I guess, joppers and knee boots and stuff. And they've got these two adorable little dogs. Yeah, she got, she's got two dogs and two cats. And the other cat is the, the Egyptian cat has no hair. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, one of her cats is the Egyptian cat that has, I can't remember what the name of them are, but they're really cool. Man, they're in total immersion. Yeah. Into the yeah. world. But, and, and they're, looking. you know, and they're teaching Egyptology at the same time. <laughs> that is magnificent. Yeah, it you is. It's, that's the dream, man. That's the dream. You know, I will say that's another thing with people like this and the guests on your shows and how everyone is talented and, and living a purpose, you know, just like you do, living your purpose to, to write, to entertain, to share other people's work, which is very generous, too. Um, people like you and your guests, it's nice to have people to to meet, even if you don't meet in person, but to learn about, to enjoy, to become uh, entertained by when 
it, when, when you live in a time where you don't want to look at the news sometimes, you don't want to see what's yeah. going to be on the news today. Yeah. And Absolutely. That's so true. <laughs> and then, yeah, and that is what I'm saying with your guests and then the way you bring them on, you share them, you um, and then share the stories. You know, you you do provide um I don't want to say a total escape, some escape, but also some some hope and some entertainment for people. I'm sure you've been told yeah. that before. Um yeah, it's it's see, I I actually think of it as them, not me. <laughs> I I mean, they're the ones that are that they're the ones providing the hope. I'm just sort of like Bringing them along. <laughs> well, you're you're the hostess. You you start you, you you know you host the party, and and you yeah. invite them to the party as a guest of honor, and then you invite us all to join in and listen. So, That's, yeah, okay, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I. I like I said, the reason I started chatting with Sherry was because I had such a hard time when I wanted to go on a podcast to promote uh, my second book, Fantasy Timing. I just It was just really difficult to get onto a podcast at that time. And, I, I mean, they made you fill out paperwork. It was bizarre. Um, paperwork? And so, yeah, I had one lady who said, yes, I'm just going to send you all the paperwork you need to fill out. And I'm like, paperwork? <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're. It's not like a TV show. There's no release. I got a, I got a wrong number. What? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. So yeah, I was complaining to my mom and saying I don't, you know, I I got on a couple of them, but it was a one I couldn't understand what she was saying because her phone kept going out, and then the other one it was just she didn't even ask me any questions. I don't know. It was like, it was difficult. I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with either of them. And I said, I, you know, what do I do? And my mom goes, well, you're an actress. You're a writer. Why don't you do it? Oh, okay. That's the next thing. Yeah. And I well, said, I don't know if I can do it and she goes well try don't you don't have to have anybody listen just do a test thing or something and that's what I did I listened to my mommy well and she and she steered you well she yeah good advice yeah. excellent yeah. excellent she's, she's I'm glad she did she passed away now so. uh, well, I know I'm so sorry and it's because. really in her honor now that I do the shows. Uh-huh. When, um, yes, I love when you post stories uh, about and pictures of your family. I know your parents are both have both passed on, but I, I do enjoy the, the pictures and the stories you tell about them. You make us feel like like we know them. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, let's talk about. Um, tell us some more of the of uh, your favorite guest. Or your audience's well, actually, favorite guest. Well, actually, I have a really good guest coming up this week. His name is Chris Loomis. He is a photographer, but he does all kinds of photography. He does high fashion, 
-hmm. He does celebrity, but he also does architecture, and he does science fiction fantasy, and he does um, statuary things and robots. It's just really cool. And, yeah, and he's my guest coming up this week. So if you look on my Instagram page, you can see the um, the pictures of some of the models he set up for his newest um, newest endeavor. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yes, I've seen some that you that you directed me to see, and oh, they are stunning. Yeah, he actually. I was introduced to him by Adrian Wilkinson from Zenit, Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> and um, she, she's actually in some of them, too. She's uh, not in the ones that I have up right now, but um, on the banner ad, there's a couple pictures of her. And um, But she, he, he's taken pictures of a lot of big stars and stuff. But really, what's interesting is how diverse he is. He does, like, architecture, building, you know, that's not what you expect somebody who does high fashion, but he does both. Oh, <laughs> He's wow. so creative. Oh, yeah, cause, yeah, these people do usually have a niche, and that's their, that's their, um, what they're known for, their specialty. But, yeah, what a variety of work he has. Now, how did you uh, learn about him and, and bring him onto your show? Uh, by Adrian, she introduced me. Oh, okay. Adrian Wilkinson played Eve and Zena. She played uh, um, Zena's daughter, Eve, mm-hmm. or Livia, if you want the mean, rotten uh, part of Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so the Roman warrior, uh, Roman warrior Livia slash the good worshiper of Eli Eve. I mean, it depends which side of her you want. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Sherry, it has just been, see, it, it always flies when I have you on the show. Time flies. And I just, um, I'm just so glad that you've been on the show today. You're here in the genie bottle. Um is there anything else you want to say before we have to go? Like maybe promise you'll I, come back? Uh, uh, yeah, of course I come back. Oh, um, you're on iHeartRadio now, aren't you? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm really excited that I am on iHeartRadio. Um, so it's under Chatting Sherry. Um, and uh, if you can't find it, let me know. I can send you the link. Um, but I am so excited because, um, I, I've been, I wanted to for a long time and they finally said yes and I'm on there. (laughs) Yeah, well, they should have. Yeah. That is fantastic. I am just so excited for you and so happy for you and so proud of the magnificent career you've built and, and continue to develop for yourself and all this, all the love and support you give to your audience Excuse me, to your readers, your fans, and to your guests. And uh, thank you so much, Sherry. He's just going to have thank to come you. back. Thank you so wow. much for inviting me. It was so much fun. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. So I'm going to close out, uh, as I do, with my song, Everybody's Got to Swing. 
And uh, folks, I will be sharing information on how to find Sherry's books, podcast plays on my social media. So since some of my listeners uh, listen in the car or when they're jogging or, or running or something, then I know you can't write this down. So, you know, you can find all the info on all my social media and uh, I'll make sure you check it out. So uh, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. I love you. And uh, thanks again, Sherry. And Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.